Welcome back to Dad Hacks, everybody. We'd like to welcome you all to this inaugural episode of our Practical Dad series. Uh, it's a new style of sub-podcast that we, uh, we've tried to introduce uh, in hopes to bring you guys um, great content from dads around the world, uh, around the nation, around the universe, uh, around the multiverse. We can get as nerdy as we want to here. Um, but uh, to kick it off for you guys, we have a dad who has been a longtime musician, 20 plus years. He just recently completed his first international tour. Um, he's, he's a great, great guest, uh, full of insight uh, and, and tricks and tips about how to, to be a parent through the challenging circumstances of being a professional musician. Um, hope you guys enjoy. Without further ado, uh, let's go to the interview. Okay, so here we are. We're starting off our uh, our series of practical dads, where we want to bring in real life dads who've experienced real life problems and or maybe parenting solutions that we wouldn't have even considered uh, based on on their their everyday lives. And and we got a great one to start us off, folks. Um, I have with me here uh, Rob McCormick, who uh, is is the Rob in the uh, the musical group, uh, some guy named Rob. He is a extremely well known and acclaimed uh, singer songwriter, but on top of that, I mean, this, he has done he's done it all. He's an author, a blogger, a poet. Um, he's a guest speaker, and he MCs. He he has just recently finished uh, both a national and international music tour. Truly, one of my favorite uh, up and coming musicians. Uh, how you doing, Rob? Doing great, Dave. Thank you. That was a beautiful intro. <laughs> I appreciate that, and all of it, you know, every word of it was 100% true, man, I, I'm, I've been impressed with you for, for years and years, and, and just so the listeners are aware, um, uh, Rob and I grew up in the same, uh, the same town, um, which is how we, uh, we kind of uh, got to know each other, um, so, well, uh, Rob, I mean, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, don't let me rap, prattle on over here. No, that's, that's great, um, it's always weird to listen to a biography, because you start you know, especially since this is the dad topic, you start thinking about how unimpressed your kids are whenever you pick up a guitar and play or whenever, you know, just <laughs> if you can even get a few chords out without them, you know, whacking it or, or interrupting or mom, you know. So uh, whenever whenever I heard that, I was like, well, that does sound impressive, doesn't it? <laughs> because <laughs> it's, my life is so uh, dichotomized. I've got I've got one side of my life, which is very public, and then one side of my life, of course, which I like to keep private, which is my, you know, my family. So, um, but I don't mind sharing with you and I don't mind sharing with your listeners. I'm just saying like, uh, you know, it's, they're so very opposite. One is, one is uh, a claim in to a degree. And the other one is, um, uh, dad, I threw up and <laughs> I need to, <laughs> Uh, which, which some could argue might have more acclaim even than, than the accolades. I guarantee you, know? you it's more important. Like in the long yeah. run, you know, it doesn't matter like how many songs I write or how many uh, shows I play or that stuff. What matters, and it really matters to me, is if, if I have taught my kids how to be you know, people that, that love the Lord and are going to be contributors to society in a positive way. Now, and and now you have in, in just that one brief moment shown our listeners precisely why I really wanted to have your your voice on this show. Rob is a you know he makes his living off of the music, which means that he spends so much time on the road. But at the same time, I, I know I know how big a family man you are, how how important your family is to you, and what it's like being a dad. What tricks have you learned to balance that? Like how do you how do you keep the uh, emphasis that you put on your family as strong and important as it is when you are, are kind of, you know, out of, it's out of your control that you have to spend so much time away. Well, something that my wife and I decided a long time ago was that we were going to, um, if we were going to have kids, we were going to raise them, you know, and we were going to actually be uh, parents in their life. And for me, I, I think I didn't understand it fully at the time, like no parent does going into it. You don't really know what it's like until you're there. Um, but we just decided that as far as my career went, I was going to be a regional musician and that's what I was going to, to shoot for just a regional, you know, within Arkansas and the surrounding States. And, you know, we'll go occasionally we'll, 
we'll skip to Arizona or, or, or Colorado. But when we do it, we also incorporate it sometimes as a family uh, trip. We'll, we'll, I'll go, I'll take the family, I'll play family friendly places and, you know, festivals and things like that, where they can also be a part of it. And that's awesome. And that way I don't, uh, I don't feel like it's a compromise, um, uh, as a, as a musician or, or a dad, I feel like I'm letting them experience part of life that they wouldn't be able to experience if they, that's, that's great. Yeah. I guess the, that you'd have to do it that way. You have to involve, involve your family. Uh, in in the process, and I try to if I'm just if I'm playing within a three hour time you know slot, then I'll or a three hour uh, radius, then I try to come home, and that way if I can't be there to tuck them in at night, I can be there to uh, to cook them breakfast in the morning. So you know, there's there's always that. Uh, uh, I think I and with my wife working, she I think I tend to spend more more time with them, especially whenever they were little. It was a uh, it was a uh, you know, nothing prepares you, <laughs> and I, yeah, you, no, you've got I, five kids. I'm I'm preaching to uh, <laughs> preaching to the master right there. <laughs> oh, I don't know about that. I, you know, it's funny we talk about it on Dad Hacks a lot. That you know, as as you know, a new dad, like the one thing that you learn when you have kids is that you really you never knew anything. Like right. everything that you thought you knew, you were you were wrong. You right. were totally wrong. And and you know the other thing too is that there's there's no manual there's no book you, yeah. you just like every parent kind of gets thrown into the fire, and you just you sort of have to to cinch it all out for yourself, and, and you know it's great though because what that means is that for guys like you Rob, that you spend a lot of time on the road and and you know you have you have a, a lifestyle that makes parenting or can make parenting difficult, you're open you have this ability to be creative about your parenting. And, and find a way to be a great dad and do what you love, you know, and that you don't have to sacrifice one or the other. You can still do both. Well, I'm, I'm so grateful um, to, uh, you know, and only I have to express gratitude to God uh, because I know that there are people who are far more uh, talented that, than me who are not pursuing their dream because of one reason or another. Um, and it's not due to lack of inab- or lack of ability. It's it's just due to maybe lack of uh, confidence that they could achieve uh, greater things than where they are right now uh, in their career. But I do think, like you know, whenever you first like, if we're talking at the beginning of having kids, I I wanted to have kids, but I didn't know why I wanted to have kids. You know, it's kind of one of those. It, it's ingrained in some men, like they yeah. they know they want to be a dad. Oh, yeah. And I think I knew I wanted to be a dad, but I had no concept of how what that really meant or what that really looked like. And I remember whenever my son came out, you know, and, and I'm holding him for the first time, I, ha- I was hit by like three pretty profound thoughts. One of them was, I can't take this back to the store. <laughs> like <laughs> this, this, scare, right. this, this scares the crap out of me. because <laughs> I can't return this. I can't put it back in the belly. This is like, this is, this is, this is real. That's right. And um, then the other one was by having this child, I've one day made myself eligible to be a granddad, yep. <laughs> which for some reason that happened. Like within the first <laughs> couple of hours, I'm just like, this is the thing that's going to make me a granddad. <laughs> you know, no one thinks I'm going to be a grandpa one day, but sure enough, this is the me- this is the measure it takes to do. And then the other thought I thought was, um, you know, some of these guys come out and and they they must be like perfect dads because they're like, I knew they hold they hold them and they're like I knew from the first moment that I saw my little <laughs> winky binky that I would never love anything more than I loved him. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, these the per, the perfect dads. And I was all like, I was looking at at my, at my son Isaac and I was like, um, yeah, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't, I liked you whenever you were inside the womb, you know, I liked getting kicked in the face cause it was all cute and everything whenever I was pressing my face up against mommy's belly. But, but now it's like, this is a different thing. And yeah. for the first three months, I didn't like him, you know, he, he was, <laughs> he was colicky and, and crying and, 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 and finicky and fussy. But I kid you not after about around the third month or right before the third month, he smiled. When, yep. Like when he saw me and he smiled and I saw my smile in his yep. smile. Yep. It was like looking like in a little smiling mirror. And I was like, okay, that's what it is. I get it now. That, I get it. I mean, that's the, yeah, that's right. Oh my goodness though. For those th- first three months, I, I don't envy that for anybody. If you're not a well, dad uh, yet, you better check yourself. <laughs> 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 Make sure you're ready for it. 
I, I just want to put out there, I don't think you're alone. Um, you know, and we've, again, uh, on the show, we've talked about, you know, how, how our kids are basically tiny terrorists and they take over yeah. our lives yeah. uh, and they, they hold everything that's good and wholesome hostage, <laughs> uh, at least for a while. Uh, so, no, you're not alone at all, man. Uh, you know, they, they <laughs> your, your kids and, and it's a good thing, honestly, it's a good thing that there are moments like the smile. And there are moments like the first laugh, yeah. and there, are, yeah. there are even in, in very early moments, there are moments where they reach out and they, they hold on to you extremely tightly, yeah. and because those are the moments that get you through the times when they pee on you, or when <laughs> you know when they you. scream yeah. Yeah. every hour, you know, on the hour for weeks on end. Like there, <laughs> yes, it's very easy to say, you know, as soon as they're born, you know, it, you know, you're talking about those quote unquote perfect dads. Right, right. Uh, to say, oh, I will never love anything more than I love this child. Well, yeah, it's day one, buddy. Yeah. You know, give it, <laughs> give, give it a week, around. and you're going to feel differently. You know, <laughs> no, that's, um, but but that's it. I mean, it's part of being a parent. <laughs> yeah, no, and I like again. You know, you do love the child, but you yeah. don't understand what that. I mean, I really don't think I understood what love was as deeply as I do now. You know, and, and you think about how, why we have kids, part of why we have kids, not aside from just, you know, um, procreation is, is that we, we get to see the father's love mimicked throughout our lives. Like, how can you love, so how can you not love something that is part of you? Yeah. And then you start yeah. seeing, you start seeing God's love as instead of this distant far off father, it's like, well, we're, we're part of him. He's, he's yep. deposited a piece of himself in us. And when we smile, he sees his smile. Yeah. So it's just like, you know, it, it, it took me to a whole nother level, a whole different place. And it's very humbling to have kids. Don't you think? Yeah. Yeah. That's the truth. Whether you, whether you, you accept it that way or it just hits you that right, way. Yeah, right. It, yeah. it really is. Yeah. You will be broken either way. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's right. Well, Rob, before we get too far, tell, tell us a little bit about your family. Let me, you know, I, I guess you, you said you have, you have a son, Isaac. How many, how many kids do you have? I've got two, two kids and I've got uh, uh, a son, Isaac, who's about 12 now. And then a wow. daughter, Bella, who's 10. And that, oh, good. yeah, that's, uh, that's, uh, I, I love, 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 love this age. I mean, it's cake compared to what it was you know, <laughs> yeah. earlier. Actually, I, I, I can respect that. My, my oldest, well, he's my stepson, but he's my oldest is 10. Yeah. And he's just starting to come into that, you know, super independent, like, you know, and, and it, it what's great too is this is the, the point at which he's not quite a teenager yet. Right. So I'm not into the, you know, the severe mood swings right, and right. the, you know, the really, the dastardly parts of teenager. Do you, dad, right. you don't understand me. <laughs> That's right. Uh, but uh, so yeah, I mean they're super helpful at that age. Yeah, you you got it. You're right in the you're right in the, yeah. the golden the, the golden zone. I there. really I just I just want to push pause right now because it's a time that we and, and everyone says that you know everyone says that it's before the teenage years, but they're old enough to be independent and they're old enough to help and they're old enough to to you know and and just I love watching their personalities come to life. You know, oh, like yeah. who, who Isaac is is. Um, thoughtful he's reflective he's he's uh just very introverted at the same time though enjoys being around people yeah. and then bella's you know just it's the bella show all the time and oh, yeah. she's a verbal processor so she just you know talks and talks and talks and and uh i don't know it's just really really um i guess the best way to say it is you don't, I guess I never imagined those little babies growing up to have their own personalities and <laughs> that are separate than me and their moms. Yeah. So that's always amazing. But yeah. And my wife is a sweet wife. We've been married um, in next month will be 14 years. Hey, congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. That's it's uh 14 is the new 30, right? I mean, <laughs> oh, it's gotta be. Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a, quite a milestone. And it's hard. It's hard to be married. I mean, I don't know. That's, that's, I mean, don't be wrong. She's an amazing woman. I think. I, I think I'm the hard part. You know. So, <laughs> but you know, I think about that now that the kids are getting older too. About how something that I try to keep track of is how am I paying my wife enough attention? You know. And I think you know, with five yeah. kids, that's something that you probably have to ask yourself too, right? Yeah. Because uh, am I dating my wife? Am I still trying right. to romance her? Am I still trying to, you know, because kids grow up and leave us. <laughs> 
Yeah, our, our wives hopefully will not grow up and leave us. Well, you know, it's funny you say that with, with parenting, it's, it's all about understanding certain sacrifices. Yeah. So like, especially like in the early years, you're talking about, you know, you, you, you recognize that you have to sacrifice time. Um, you have to sacrifice sleep. Mm-hmm. You have to sacrifice, you know, money, obviously. Um, but you know, as your, as your kids age and, and you have more kids and your family grows, um, it, you do, you really do have to budget, kind of budget your time and your experiences. And you can't, obviously you can't spend all, all the time with your spouse, but you can't neglect them either. Right. Like they're as important a part of the family and you're, you maintaining that relationship as important as it is for you to maintain the relationship with your children. Right. And so you, like, that's one of the, I guess, you know, one of the great dad hacks of them all is, is finding clever ways to spend time, not with your kids, but with your wife. Right. Um, you know, and, it, and and it's for your kids too. You know, right. they they see that relationship and they learn from that relationship. Yeah. And so it's it, it is really important for rearing your children that you you kind of work on the relationship with the wife. Right. How what do you, do you have any uh, any 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 things that you and your wife do specifically to maintain that relationship? Well, one thing I think is, uh, and I've got a friend of mine who who has six kids, and I kind of picked this up from him, and he uh, he said the kids are in bed by seven. You know, they don't have to be asleep, but they, they need to be in bed. Now that's seven o'clock. That's we, we do ours for eight, you know, because yeah. we want to spend a little more time with them. But by eight o'clock, we try to make sure they're both in bed and, uh, and, and they're like, cool, can we stay up and read a little bit? So we'll let them stay up and read a little bit, but you know, um, eight o'clock. And then that way you have part of the night to spend just with each other. And then that's right. sometimes I'll just tr- surprise her and be like, you know, um, we're going away this weekend. We're going to go and stay at Mount Magazine or someplace nice where yeah. we're, we're really just away from everything. And I think that really has surprising her like that. And, and especially with the little travel things when she wasn't expecting it and getting my, my blessed sister or someone we trust to watch the kids, you know, then, yeah. then um, that's really helped a lot. But I think I, awesome. it's important. It really is. Yeah. It's the, it's that uh, snake that sneaks up and bites you if you're not careful. You know, the one that, you don't realize that you're being neglectful because that's part of the very object of neglect. That's right. Yeah. <clears throat> that's right. Yeah. It, it, it's one of those that, it, and you know, if, if, if the, the trouble exists, if you, you notice it, it might be too late to fix it. You know, yeah. it's something that you really have to focus on progressively, sequentially. You can't, you can't not focus on it because by the time it's, it's wrong, it's tough to, right. to correct. Well, um, so you're, you're, do you have a, a parenting philosophy in general? Is there, is there something that, uh, as a parent that you, you insist upon for rearing your children? Well, I, I'm a strong believer that, um, if you train a child up in the way that they should go, that they won't depart from when they're older, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I look at, uh, if for wisdom, you know, I look at Proverbs as if, uh, it's God speaking to me as his son. And so one thing that we like to do, uh, before bedtime every night, we've done this since I can remember is just, we'll find a, a Bible verse and, uh, we'll just choose the verse of the day. Or if I've been reading something, I'll, I'll read it out to the kids or have them read it to me. And, um, and then I'll just say, what does that mean? Like, what does it really mean? I mean, I know here's the lingo, but, but what does it mean to you? How did, how can we apply that to our lives? And, um, boy, I've just seen such a response from the kids. You know, they, they're not afraid to tackle uh, tough subjects. I don't know if I'm turning them into little uh, apologists, you know, <laughs> but, but I like to challenge them. And I'm just like, well, this is what, you know, the world says about this, but what, this is what this verse says. What, what do you, what do you think? And what's amazing is the responses are far more wise than I was as, as a kid. You know, I was, on, yeah. you know, and don't be wrong. My, my kids are, are, are nuts just like everybody else. They love Legos and they, <laughs> and they love movies and they love all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm not one of those crazy dads, like, the only thing you can read is them. But I think it's important, you know, to invest and pour into your kids. And then, again, there, here comes these responses that you wouldn't expect the wisdom of, uh, well, the wisdom of God, really, to come through. But they come through the mouth of babes. And yeah. so I think, that, to me, that's that's a, a life hack because it makes you stronger in your faith. It makes them stronger in their faith. It makes uh, time together spent. And then we pray at the end of the night together. We think about all the people that we've experienced. And, you know, I, I, the other day my son had a, a bully at school, which is pretty, you know, normal. Yeah. Uh, and 
the bully said something really mean. I mean, just like actually terroristic threatening is is actually what it was. I mean, it was like, wow. I'm you know I'm gonna kill you and your family and all that kind of stuff. It was really oh really. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to public schools. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No and and uh, and I and I, I looked at him. I'm like, well, what did you do? He said, well, I didn't say anything. He said, but as I walked away, or I mean, as he walked away from me, I watched him and I prayed, Father, forgive him because he doesn't know what he's doing. Wow. You know, and we're talking about a 12 year old here. And and I I say that um, not as like, oh, look at me. I'm a great dad. I've taught my kids this. But more importantly, look at God and look what yeah. God can do in the life of a 12 year old. Yeah. And, and, and to know that he's already forgiving people. In, in a way that Christ did, you know, while being crucified. And I think that's, to me, that's, that's, um, well, that's the future I want for him, you know? No kidding. And then but of what course, a, what a proud moment. Yeah. yeah. It was probably, it was not a proud moment whenever I went in to talk to the counselors about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I was like, all right. Um, I'm like, we can do this the nice way <laughs> or I can call the superintendent and we can do this the unnice way. And, and yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, I don't have many, I don't have many buttons, man. You know, like I'm chill and I'm laid back, but the kid button, you know, the family yeah. button really, that's it. I mean, I'm totally cool up until that point. And at that point it's the bear comes out. You know what I'm talking about? That's exactly right. <laughs> that's the other, yeah, dad's out there listening. That's the other thing that you're going to learn when you have kids is that uh, you know? Yeah, there you know there are times where they drive you absolutely crazy. There are times where you may want to literally kill them yourself. <laughs> but if if anybody you know like that's that's your kid you know that's that came from you right. that is your family. If anybody steps in you know for any reason and and threatens them that that you want to see a dad turn into something frightening. There it is, right I'm there. I'm just saying, man. I I I just think that's with every father. There's something guttural about yeah. you know something. Going back to the uh, the primitive days of, of just, we know that there's right and there's wrong. And when it comes to our babies, we're, we're there to protect. Yep. You know? And so, yeah. And my daughter hadn't even started dating yet, so I pity the fool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we may have to get into that. Like the, the, the philosophies for how to, you know, how to keep the eyes away from your little girl. Uh, Actually, I may have to take notes at that section because mine just turned one year old and I've already started worrying about in, in, in what, let's see, 26 years when she starts dating. I may have to, uh... 26, that's generous. <laughs> that's so right. young. I'm, I'm really lean, you know I mean? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're one of those progressive dads. Uh, that's, that's right. That's right. Well, do you have, I mean, just, you know, from your experience, you, you've got, you know, your kids have, have gone quite a long ways. You've got a lot of, a lot of years of, of parenting and, and being a dad under your belt. Is there, you got any advice for the dads out there listening that, that, you know, maybe they're in the same stage you're in, or even maybe they're just getting started. I know. In fact, uh, I'll, I'll throw it out there. We've got some of our listeners uh, who have just recently had, had little ones who have asked for advice and resources on, on, on parenting. So what, uh, you, you got anything for them? Well, let's see. What age? Because you know it's it's different at different ages. It is. Yeah, that's that's a good point. Well, I, I tell you what. Let, we'll just we'll span the gamut. We'll start at the on the very early stages. What's your advice for somebody who's who just brought their little one? Right, home? You just brought your baby home. Your baby is crying all the time, and you can't figure it out. And this is yeah. the best the best advice that was ever given to me. And I hope and pray you guys will take it. Um, if you have changed your baby, you know, and and he or she is dry. And you've uh, fed your baby, and you know they're full. You've burped them. They're, you know, they've already got the burp out, and and uh, you've loved on them, and you've given them that time, and they are still screaming their head off. It's okay. All you do is you go and you put the baby inside the crib, and you tell it you love it, and, and it may not be able to hear you over the screams, but you just say, "Hey, I love you." And then you, you turn off the light and you close the door and you step outside for about 20 minutes. Cause that baby's yep. fine. That yep. baby is not going to get hurt in the, inside the crib. And the crying is just a way to express its itself. Uh, you know, it's the only way it has to express itself is it's through crying. It made me feel horrible. You know, whenever I couldn't quote unquote fix the problem, because a lot of dads are fixers, you know, yep. but sometimes you just have to realize it's not a problem. It's just their communication. That's right. And, um, and I just think when you do that, when you step away from the crying 
and I would recommend this to single mothers and single fathers that are having to raise babies by themselves, then you can you can re- just step outside, put in some earbuds, listen to music, whatever you need to, just relax for a little bit away from your child. And you know when you come back in, well, your baby you know baby is perfectly healthy, perfect, perfectly safe. When you come back in, ninety nine percent of the time the baby's asleep. It just had to cry itself to sleep. So, and then you can do what I did, and every other dad, you walk past there and you just listen for that breathing, because <laughs> right. there's always that terror. I mean, there's that terror in there. That there you know, is, yeah. how many times a night, Dave, did you like go and just barely touch their their chest to make sure they're still breathing, or or you know you know what I'm talking about? I mean, yeah, oh, I know exactly. What you're, you're especially as a new parent, you you were terrified about you you actually you roll over in your mind, right? all of the terrible things that could happen to your child and you, you, it keeps you up, you know, even your baby's not enough to keep you up. Your worries keep you up too. But yeah, no, you're, you're spot on. Like, I think it's, you know, just instinctual as a parent to occasionally walk over and make sure mm. that, that your little one, like, especially, you know, like you're saying, they, they scream for hours and hours and hours and then all of a sudden there's nothing mm. and it's dead silent. And you're like, right. Oh, something's wrong here. Right. I gotta go make sure they're okay. Mm. But yeah, that, I mean, that's, that's, Total, total. I think every parent that goes through that, they yeah. experience that same sensation. Well, don't be afraid to 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 put it put, to put your baby down in a safe place once they've been taken care of, and, and just walk away uh, for you know ten twenty minutes, actually fifteen at the least, and and twenty at the most, I would think, because it really yeah. does, it 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 realigns you, you know. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's it's just overwhelming, man. Especially you you had twins, you know, and and, and special. <laughs> you know at, at that so like that's right it was it was definitely i can't even people that have twins are both my heroes and i also don't want to drink after them because in case they <laughs> transfer their twin action to... <laughs> yeah we, yeah science still doesn't know how that uh that happens so yeah you may want to keep your distance yeah. it might be contagious <laughs> that's why we're not doing this interview uh face to face that's right <laughs> exactly it's not time or distance it's just I'm, <laughs> homophobia of uh, <laughs> oh man well that's that's good all right so uh, then let's let's move up let's move up the spectrum let's say um, how would you advise a dad who is like just coming into school age we'll say like elementary school age. elementary school age you know I think so many times um, dads probably are way better at this than moms and yeah that's probably sexist I don't care <laughs> but you know <laughs> Moms tend to be a lot more nurturing, and dads are like, uh, "Yeah, that's that's hot. If you touch it, it's gonna burn you." And then you know they reach their hand up there. It's like, "Go ahead, <laughs> you know, go ahead. You're gonna learn." You know, I mean, if if it's uh, if you don't believe me the first time, but I think what that does is just reinforce the fact that oh, dad was right, and he was telling me that for a reason. You know, like you know, that's right. Don't get up there. You're gonna fall down. He gets up there. All right, see what happens. Boom. Uh, listen to daddy. You know. <laughs> I, I really but, do think it. I mean, just um, giving kids enough freedom to where they can make mistakes is something that moms don't tend to do. At least not my wife. She did, she doesn't like to do that. Yeah. But I found myself letting them go ahead and 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 taste that mud water to see what it tastes like. You know, <laughs> it's like okay, you, and because I think experience is how we learn a lot of times. Yeah. Um, if we can learn from from listening, then great. But if not, you know. <laughs> Well, you know, I've heard that natural consequences can be the best educator at mm-hmm. times. And it's funny, uh, it, that, that's great advice. We've actually, uh, those, of, those of you who've listened through uh, most of our episodes, uh, know that we, we actually, we had a, a lengthy section of an episode where we, we railed against helicopter parents. And, and Rob, I'm sure you, you yeah. know what a helicopter parent is, but you can't, you know, you can't, you can't protect your child from every little thing that they're going to experience. And you wouldn't want to, no. you know, Why, you don't want to shelter them from that. You, yeah. you want them to have experiences, you know, you want them to go out and get skint knees and get, you know, knots on their heads and you want them to, to learn all that stuff, you know, the hard way. Um, and because that's going to make them, it's going to make them smarter and more cautious down the line, Definitely. you know, Definitely. good, good advice, man. I like it. So, and then and, for the next age, like the age they are now, cause I can't, yeah. I can't go into the teenage years. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I pray for you, friend, uh, when you get into yeah, those years, and I hope you'll pray for me I'm too. Praying for, I'm praying for every man, woman, and child because it's. Um, but you know what I found is uh, listening to them. You know, once they do start having these ideas, I feel like they, they, their own ideas, their own not philosophies, I guess, but their own 
ways of looking at issues and things. I think it's important that they realize that even though you are the dad and you have the final say and you can be like no or yes, but I think it's important for them to to be able to express who they're becoming. And yeah. if you allow them to express that, then in a way you can mold it without trying to, you know, it, it, because they say that personalities are made by the time they're five years old. I think that, you know, they're, they're the kind of personality they're going to have is already the, the majority of it's been established. Yeah. But I think when you let them find out who they are and you're the sounding board, then that means you still get, I think, and that may be the secret to the teenage years too, is if you can open that communication up and let them, uh, you know, I mean, I'll tell you in five years if I'm right or wrong. Right. <laughs> but if if there's that if there's that a repertoire or a, a rapport where you can go back and forth and and but the majority of it is listening, I yeah. think that's probably a really healthy place to be with your kids if they still yeah, want to talk to you. Well, I mean, and it's you know, developmentally speaking, that's kind of the right progression too, because you're thinking. Like at this stage, they're they're starting to kind of build their own independence. But I mean, along with that, that means they're kind of starting to build their own voice, and and you don't want to silence that. Right. You know, you want to, you want to, you want to let them. You know, and, and kind of like you know, back in the elementary phase, where you want to let them, you know, have these these life experiences that that can potentially cause them harm, but will give them you know knowledge down the road. It's kind of the same thing. You want them to be able to express themselves, even if it's ways that you think maybe maybe are unusual or odd or weird, you know, let, let them, let them play it out, you know, let them, let them experience it, give them, give them that voice and, and, and just see where things lead. Yeah. So I, I think it's, man, listening to your kids. That's, you know, that's parenting 101. I like it. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it seems to work. We have, we have uh, good talks, you know, and, and, it, and it's really, it's, it's dialogue. It's not just monologue. I think as a dad, it's easy to get monologue on them and go, you know, da 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 Because I catch myself sometimes. You know, whenever I, 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 I'm like, okay, that's that's enough. You gotta let let them make sure that they're involved in this. You know, because nothing yeah. zone. You, you know, remember being a teenager and you can zone your parents' voice out just instantly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's right. <laughs> but if if you're involved in that conversation, maybe it would be easier not to. Wow, well, man! It sounds like uh, it sounds like you you kind of had a lot of a lot of dad experiences that have led you to uh, to what I think are some some pretty wise parenting choices. Well, I give that credit to, and glory to God because I, I, I honestly, I, I, if you just known me whenever I, I was you know uh, in my early twenties and and I, I was just such a moron, you know. <laughs> 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 or it could be maybe I'd still feel like a kid now. I mean, you know, yeah. that could be. It's like, okay, yeah, I see why you're crying. I'd cry too. <laughs> <laughs> well, let me, let me, I'm going to give you the opportunity here to, uh, to, uh, I guess, you know, uh, to show your parenting chops. Do you have, in your experience as a parent, what, do you have any like major victories as a dad that really stand out to you that, that you think our, our listeners might learn something from? You know, the, the funny the funniest victory that comes to mind is uh, whenever we were out somewhere, and I guess it was around Christmas time, and and uh, I think maybe Bella was in third grade, and she looks up at me and while we're out walking, and you know I think in a in a pretty crowded mall, and she said, uh, "Daddy, is is that Harry Belafonte?" <laughs> and I was, you know, and pe and people looked at me, and I was like, "Well, yeah, yes, yeah, sweetie, that is Harry Belafonte." And you know, like uh, on the outside, I'm like humble, but you know, like yeah, that, but like on the inside, I'm like, "Bow before me, <laughs> I am a parenting master." <laughs> no, you might have a love for music, obviously, and I've shared that love with the kids, and so every time they they pull something like that, uh, yeah. you know, like that just kind of, yes, that's a, that to me, that's a parenting win is that, um, uh, I remember the first time that my kids, uh, watched, um, uh, TV over at a friend's house and they came home and they're like, oh, there are these things and they're called commercials. And they, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, because we tend to watch like movies or we'll watch Netflix or something that doesn't have interruptions like that, you know. Yeah, so yeah. when they were over to friends' house, they were just like, <gasps> you know. So, <laughs> so a parenting win is to to not feed them to the TV. That's that's one thing. It's, it's you know what's really hard about being a dad, honestly, 
is if you participate and you actually are being a dad. You know, yeah, it's it's yeah. so easy to feed your kids to the TV. It's so easy to feed your kids to the to the handhelds, the tablets, the phones, and all that kind of stuff. And don't be wrong; I think there's a time for that. But I, I, I would criticize myself really hard if I allowed the majority of their childhood to be spent on a tablet, or the majority of their childhood to be spent on on um, watching you know frivolous movies and and TV, or frivolous movies and TV. Because art changes people, sure. you know, and, and so whenever we're watching a movie, I want to make sure that it's somewhere along the way, there's a standard or there's a moral or there's a lesson that's being taught. And if it's not, or if it's being taught wrong, what I found now is that open conversation, they'll, they'll come tell me about it. They'll be like, well, I, I didn't think that the lead character really had many many qualities that were worth having. I didn't think of him as a lead ah, character, you know. That's awesome. So, like, that's awesome. If my kids were here right now, you, you'd you be getting cameos. <laughs> you know, they, they, uh, they're not afraid of the spotlight, <laughs> which I'm, I'm trying to deter. I'm trying not to, like, you know, I hope they rebel against me. You know, like, like. They, they don't take up, take up the right, father's mantle right. and go into show. Screw you, dad. I'm going to be a doctor. <laughs> My plan has worked so perfectly. <laughs> yeah. So, well, I and mean, that's good, man. Uh, you got, um, it sounds like you've had some moments as a parent that, that have really bolstered you uh, to, to move you forward. Let's, let's go the other direction. What, what do you feel like you've struggled with as a dad? Um, you know, there's a lot of insecurity. I mean, if I'm being honest with you, Dave, like the insecurity of am I doing it right? Um are they going to be good, good adults? Are they going to be, you know, am I, uh, cause I know that my parents did the best they could, you know, and I still feel that there were certain things that could have been done differently. Obviously like every, everybody looks at their parents and says, Oh, well, I wish they hadn't done this. Yeah. So I just assume that I'm screwing up and I don't know what it is, <laughs> you know? So I, I try to check myself and think, okay, you know, what am I doing? And I, I think one of them is eating their vegetables. Like, you know, I really want, I know that sounds weird, but like <laughs> I want them to eat their vegetables and yet I don't always make them eat their vegetables. So that's just a small thing, but, um, well, actually we, uh, you know, those, those of you who are longtime listeners, uh, go back and listen to veggie hacks. Uh, we got, we got some great dad hacks about, yeah. uh, tips and tricks on how to get your kids to eat their veggies. Well, you know what works, what, or at least what kind of has worked whenever we take the time to do it is, um, juicing. I mean, you, yeah. you can, I mean, they'll just about drink anything down as long as it's got a little sweetness to it. Like you put, you know, throw in a, oh. throw in an apple and, or a pear and make it so sweet. You, yeah. They'll be drinking carrot juice. They'll be drinking uh, spinach and all that kind of kale and they'll get all that stuff and the nutrients inside them. I think that that's probably the best thing, but not only is it uh, costly, you know, it's also um, time, time uh, expenditure to, to do it and then to clean it up afterwards and all that. So. Uh, yep. Yeah, that's. There. But that's what I, I still feel like I'm failing there. So I feel like that's even talking about it now is convicting me. I'm like, ah, oh, I gotta do that. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just so easy, you know, to to go and get you know the little the apple juice boxes yeah. where you poke the straw in and call it a day. Right, and, right, and, right. And then that's the, that's like ninety percent sugar. And <laughs> exactly. Four percent apple. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But you know what though? Um, I, I think insecurity is really the big thing. Is is I feel. Because you don't know if you're doing it right, you know? And this is not something you want to screw up because uh, I remember one time I saw a lady in Hastings, you know, and and her 13, I think it was about 13 or 14-year-old son was asking for something at the back of the store, and, and he kind of got loud about it. He's like, he's like, well, Mom, I, uh, can I have this? And, and she's like, well, no, 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 let's go. And just keeps on all the way up to the front of the store. He's like, mom, can I have this please? And she's like, no. And then, and, uh, uh, finally he, he's like, what, what if I call dad? And, and, and if I call dad and dad says, yes, can I have it then? She's like, no, 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 no. And finally he's like, well, mama, what is it? And just reaches back and punches her in the face and her glasses oh fly God. across the store. So there's that bear that comes out of me. Right. And I'm yeah. just like, I'm about to, and then I start thinking, wait a second there's cameras all over this place. And so yeah. I just, I mean, I just, I mean, really, I just stepped back. I was going to grab him by the scruff of the neck, you know, and just be like, that's not how you treat your mom. It's not, but I just thought all that's going to do is result in a lawsuit with me. 
and, right, and I've yeah. taken this experience with me because what I took out of it was the problem was not just the child. Yes, the child made a bad decision, but the child, the problem was the child's mother had not let her no be no in the past and her yes yeah. be yes. That's right. And, and the problem was he knew that if he kept on, he would probably get what he wanted. And yeah. this one time he was not getting what he wanted and he didn't have the skills to, to just say, okay, no. And so what that taught me was if we don't discipline our children, then one day they will discipline us publicly. Yeah. And it was incredibly excruciatingly painful to watch. It was, it was painful to be. And years later out of nowhere, um, we're eating at, at a pizza joint and, and there's this mother and son again, and their relationship was her sitting across the table, him with both earphones in staring at his phone, ignoring her. That's, that's the relationship as it had grown. And I was just like, you know, I mean, it's a pet peeve with me anyway. Like when I go to a restaurant, people that I've seen this before, six guys sitting at a table, each of them staring at their phone, not saying a word. <laughs> it's like, come on guys. We come on people. We've got to be a little bit better than that, but we don't even give our kids. We, we, they have, um, watch phones, you know, that has like GPS trackers and they can, they can give us messages like, Hey dad, pick me up at four o'clock today because I'm going to go to the chess club. Something like that, you know, uh, yeah, yeah, but, that's awesome. but other than that, it doesn't have any photo opportunities. There's no social media. There's no, because my kids don't need social media. Yeah. My kids don't need to be influenced by every other kids who are being influenced by frankly, some of the trash of the world, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm adamant about that. I don't, I've forgotten the, I've forgotten the question. I don't know what we're talking about anymore, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking about struggles as a dad, but I think you're, I think you're spot on. Um, you know, that, well, first of all, I wanted to, to kind of step in there and tell you that insecurity as a parent, I think is something that we all struggle with. And so you're not alone there. Um, you know, it, it comes back to the, the, this idea that, that there isn't, there isn't a manual, you know, there's lots of books, there's lots of opinions, right. plenty, plenty of folks have, have, have stated, you know, what they think parenting should look like. Um, but there is no, there is no, you know, instruction manual for how to be a parent. It's all entirely up to you. And, and it's, a lot of it has to do, well, let's just say that it's reflected by your own values and your own choices and your own morals. And, and the, the way that you want to live your own life is going to reflect in the way that you want to raise your kids. Um, so I, the insecurity is, is just part and parcel to that. I think, you know, it's not something that we can ever separate ourselves from. We'll always have concern for our kids right. and we'll always, we'll worry about their future and we'll worry about our influence on them and the effect that that'll have on their future. So uh, you're not alone there. I think, I think as parents, we all kind of go through that yeah. and not just go through it, but live with it. You know, yeah. uh, it's, it's something, and, and I suspect, and, and we'll, uh, later, later series, we'll have, um, some, uh, I've got some interviews lined up with some other dads, uh, whose kids are grown and out of the house. And I'm going to ask them the same question yeah. and say, do you, do you still struggle with the insecurity of, of how to approach your kids? And I already know the answer because I've, I've had some conversations, but really? the answer is yes. Oh yeah. yeah. That's interesting. So, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing that because I, I was hoping that part went away. <laughs> the, uh, Sadly, I don't think it does. <laughs> I've got this philosophy, and it could be wrong, uh, of just that when you when you raise your kids up, at, at some point you just hand any kind of reins that you have, you just hand it to God and be like, they're your yeah. kids, just like I'm your kids now. So yeah. you know, I'm 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 going to release them when it's time, and and my job until then is to prepare them in every way I possibly can. That's right. For the world. And one someone told me it's not what you do for your kids, it's what you teach your kids to do for themselves. Yeah. And I thought yeah. that was the best little, you know, saying I'd heard. And and so I try to get them involved in chores. You know, ten and twelve is a good age. Get them involved in, in chores and, and sometimes I come to the house, I'm just like, None of this mess is mine. <laughs> you know, like I'm a I'm a very simple person. Like I don't have a like a giant uh, you know, anything I've got, I wear, you know, the same kind of clothes every day and a very, very yeah. simple. And, and I come in, I'm like, this is a festival of mess. And, <laughs> and none of this is, is mine. I'm like, so the people that made the mess are about to clean the mess, you know? That's right. So. <laughs> well, so let me ask you this question, Rob, that 
being a dad, has it changed your perspective at all? And, and it, you know, what were your expectations before you were a parent and how have they shifted, I guess, since you've become a parent? Well, I was, uh, I think of myself, especially through my twenties as incredibly, I got married whenever I was 28 and we started having kids just like a week before I turned 30. Um, and we, you know, I, I think I was selfish. That's the way I think of myself, honestly. You know, I was a selfish uh, teenager and a selfish uh, 20-something. And somewhere around 24, 25, I think God God was finally started thumping me on my head, being like, hey, are you going to, you know, I mean, I, I didn't I didn't call you to, to this. I'm calling you to this. Are you going to come or are you going to stay down here? You know, and, and I think that that kind of was the, the awakening is what I could like to refer to that time as. Um, so... Wait, let me address the question exactly. Can you t- can you say that part of it again? Yeah, you're, so being a dad has it changed your perspective? Have were your expectation your expectations of being a parent prior to being a parent have they shifted at all? Well, the expectation of being a parent, I I kind of guess naively I thought it would be easy. You know, yeah. I mean, I think there really was some something inside me that was like, oh yeah, I'll be a parent, I'll be a dad, no big deal, and then I'll go on and. You know, but it, the truth is, it it wrecks everything, you know. And I mean that in the most beautiful <laughs> yeah. way. You Absolutely. Know? Like I, I'd come home from a gig at three o'clock in the morning, and I I have to be up by six or seven to take care of the kids, to get them yep. where they need to go, or to just you got you know you may go to bed at three o'clock in the morning, and you at four o'clock in the morning they need a changing or they need to you know whenever they're young like that. Um, I think. The expectations I had, it's like we said earlier, nothing can prepare you until you actually do it. And when you do it, it's the most humbling, tedious, and rewarding job that you'll ever have. And, yeah. and you can feel that. you know. And I think about these parents. I had a friend of mine whose, whose daughter passed away, and she was in her 30s. But uh, I, just, I was thinking about this as a parent, like how heartbreaking it is to look at this beautiful life that you've cultivated and grown and, and nourished grow into to, to a beautiful young woman and then pass away right before your eyes. Like you, you saw the beginning of her life and you saw the end of her life. And I wrote a song about it, but I, I don't, I haven't released it yet because I just feel like, well, I'd like to re-edit my stuff and kind of think about it for a while, but oh, sure. that one's just yeah. so, I don't know. You know, I, I feel like maybe I'll give it to her father and, uh, and and just see if if maybe that's what it was meant for. Maybe it wasn't meant for public consumption. Maybe it was just meant to be a blessing to him and to Yeah. But yeah. you know, that's kinda cathartically, that's how I deal with it. And you know what else I noticed whenever I had kids about my careers? <laughs> all my songs all my songs were like uh instead of all the rock and stuff, it was all like this song's really sleepy, sleepy, sleepy. <laughs> Why won't you go to sleepy, sleepy, sleepy? I want to. Yeah, you know, you know just all my songs for a period of time were incredibly quiet. They all became lullabies. <laughs> they were all <laughs> because I didn't you want know, to wake anybody up. <laughs> So. <laughs> Rob, you're, it's like you're telling the story of the blog. It, it, our listeners who, who recall, there we we talked about uh, what we called non-traditional lullabies yeah. in, in an episode. And I think Rob would, would have been. I, I wish we'd had your commentary on that. But we we actually we went through uh, the internet and found everybody's selections for um, non-traditional lullabies, and it was like every song the Beatles have ever written. It was, you know, yeah. like you could take virtually any melodic song, like Irish drinking songs are perfect for lullabies. And so, yeah, that's, that's great, man. It's like, I, I, at some point, maybe you'll you'll revise your uh, your your collection, your portfolio to to be uh, a lullaby uh, a lullaby oh, song for sure. Was... Yeah, I I, uh, I think, uh, and I find myself writing more kid friendly stuff too. You know. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, the expectations, I think the expectations are, um, it doesn't, it really, it, it's almost laughable because what you expect to happen versus what actually happens, it's like nothing can prepare you. And no matter what, when someone says that, nothing prepares a person for that. 
Yeah, you know, we're sitting here talking about it, and I'm sure there's some, there's some, you know, 25-year-old right. kid out there who's thinking to himself, I'm going to have kids, and I know exactly what's going to happen. Exactly. And, and here I am thinking to myself, yeah, I thought the same thing, too, you know? <laughs> uh, but, but guess what? You're wrong. Really? <laughs> I'm sorry. You, you, can't, you can't anticipate the things that you're going to go through when you have kids. No. You just can't. No, it's, it's a rude awakening. I think that it's kind of like marriage, though, in that respect, because I thought marriage was just going to be all fun and games. And, yeah. and, and marriage is, is also uh, hard work that pays off. You know, if, if the work is done, then it's hard work that pays off, and, and it's the most blessing and, and, and painful, rewarding uh, that we have here on earth. Even Ecclesiastes 9.9 says, um, enjoy the wife of your youth because she's the best treasure that you'll have down here. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. like, you know, at, at the same time, yeah. Uh, I, I, what's what's the uh, I love in, I love in Psalms whenever uh, David is is writing and he's and you get to this one, or is it Psalms? No, it's Proverbs. And and you get to this one thing and he's like, uh, it's better to live on the corner, on of, the corner of the roof than with a contentious wife. Right. That's and, right. And then, like, about three chapters <laughs> later, it's like, it's better to live. And the attic than to live with a contentious wife. And then like a few chapters later, I mean, you could just imagine, you know, he's, he's sitting down there writing. He's like, he's like, yes. He's like, all those wisdoms flowing from him. And she's like, have you done the laundry? Did, did you put it away? I'm writing Proverbs right now. It's better to live in a corner of a house than with a contentious woman. You know, and then he's still yeah. writing, 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 and then she's like, "You're supposed to go to war. Have you gone to war yet? Have you, who's gonna conquer the Amalekites if you don't do that? All right." I don't know why. For some reason, I picture Bathsheba with a, a, a New Jersey accent. <laughs> she's from Jersey. And he's like, "Better to side of a roof, eating cotton balls." <laughs> I just loved it. I mean, uh, and I'm probably getting that all wrong, but that's that's how. Yeah. That uh, proved to me that, that David understood marriage yeah. better than, <laughs> than a lot of folks. Uh, there's your there's, there's your dad hack for the episode. You know, if if you live with a quarrelsome wife, find yourself a cozy little spot on the corner of the roof. That's right. <laughs> uh, uh, so, Rob. Your, your kids, man, you, you talk so much about them. You're, it's clear that you're very proud of them. Have, have they surprised you at all in ways that, that are unexpected? Well, you know, I just started playing the trumpet, and I didn't push music on them because I really did feel that if I pushed music that they would uh, rebel against that. <laughs> so, so I didn't push music. I was just like, if you guys want to play, you know, I'll teach you. We've got guitars and pianos around here. If they want to play, you know, ukuleles. And occasionally they'll come up to me and say, yeah, Dad, can you show me a chord or something like that? I'm like, sure. Um, but Isaac chose to join choir and the band, and for the first yeah. year he could do that. And then they had to choose. He chose band. He chose to uh, continue on playing trumpet. And nice. this year, or the, earlier this year, I'm like, well, wh what chair are you? And he's like, 18th. <laughs> I'm just like, how many people are in your class? <laughs> and, and he said, uh, he said, 22. I'm like, son, does it bother you that, like, you're, like, the fourth suckiest, fourth, fourth from last suckiest player, you know, in, in the in the band? And he's like, huh, I never thought of that that way. So, I'm not kidding, because they, they do these tests weekly, you know. And, and, and then, like, three weeks later, he calls me up. He's all like, second chair, dad. Second chair. I'm like, that's fantastic. And then he calls me up one week, one week later. He's like, first chair. And I'm all that's like, awesome. all right, that's my boy. Just needed the proper motivation. Well, I mean, I, yeah, the perspective of, hey, there's only four people that suck more than you do <laughs> at playing the trumpet. <laughs> I'm, I feel constantly surprised. Um, I, I see a lot of people project their own weaknesses onto their children. They, you know, like, for example, um, this the the father is afraid of the dark, therefore the children must be afraid of the dark. Or yeah. the mother is afraid of bears, therefore the children should be afraid of bears. And I think that's one of the worst things we can do is project our fears onto our kids. Um, now, that's not to say you can't be honest with them as you, as you get older and they get older about what your genuine insecurities are and fears. But, but I think, you know, I, I don't want them to have 
any fears. I, you know, I want them. To, you know, Bible says fear God, and that's the only thing that we have to be afraid of. Yeah. So you know, in, in in reverence and awe, and I and I just look at that as freedom to not be afraid. And so it's neat to watch them, the things that, that maybe they're afraid of are not things that I was ever afraid of, you know, and, and whenever the things that they are overcoming, like Isaac doesn't like the dark, which is really ironic because the first year that we basically it was him and me alone at nights because Jerry was working nights and, and you know, the breaking progress, I forget there's actually a name for it where we're, you try to get them to sleep at night oh, yeah, yeah. by themselves. There's a name. I can't remember the name for it, but um, it would require him being put placed in the crib and me sitting beside the crib in the dark. And it's just like, it's bedtime, son. I love you. Go to sleep. I'm like, there's, you know, I'm right here by your side. Don't worry about it. And him just crying for what felt like hours. I don't know how long it actually was. But and, and me sitting there at points crying too, just because you know, I mean, it's just it's just too much. Like emotionally, you f- a baby's cry for for long periods of time, it drives people mad. It does absolutely. And and well, Rob, did I hear you right? Did you say that that uh, was it Isaac that, that suffered from colic? He was. Um, we think he was colicky. I don't. I, I think I say this, but I I don't want to. Um, I don't, I don't want to say colicky. Maybe I shouldn't say that because he was really, really ornery though for those first three yeah. months. Like really, and, and we thought it might be colicky, but from what we've heard from other people's stories, they had it worse than we did. So I don't, I don't want to deter the fact that some people deal with something much worse than, than just a cranky baby. Well, there's, I know there's, there's a spectrum of colic, and and of course, you know, it it manifests itself in, in more intense, you know, bouts of of crying. And then it, it can last, you know, for, for lengthier or shorter periods. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, I know we had uh, Ella, our, our most recent yeah. uh, baby. She she suffered from colic as well. And I know that there were there were times, and this is this is not an exaggeration, where she would cry without stopping for eight hours. Yeah. And and I know it, and and maybe that that maybe I don't know what that that falls under in terms of the length of the spectrum. But you know, after frankly, after the first. 45 minutes of a baby crying nonstop and you literally having no ability whatsoever to help that child right. as a parent, like you're, it's not just, it's not just the annoyance of a crying baby right. because, and that's another thing you learn as a parent that, that your baby crying affects you, um, deeply. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, it's something where it's, it's an intensity about, you know, you, your child is suffering and you, you desperately want to do something to ease that. But uh, man, colicky babies. Yeah. Let me tell you, if, if you went through that, and, and I, I think maybe you did. Yeah. I think it's, more more on the mild side of of the spectrum. You know, like you said, eight hours. There, I remember nights yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, there. There are a few things that I've experienced that that are just more intense in terms of draining you emotionally right. than than a colicky baby. And there's nothing. So. That, and there's nothing mild. I shouldn't say that word. There's nothing mild about it. It's it's incredibly no. <laughs> incredibly intense and heartbreaking. Yeah. And relentless. I mean, it just, it just yeah. doesn't ever feel like it'll be fixed. And I think during those times, man, again, you gotta, you gotta pray. I mean, I really, I don't, I don't, I know what I question. I could not have gotten through being a parenting had I not uh, increased in prayer time with God. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and I just remember, as a matter of fact, I'd, I'd forgotten this until this moment, but I remember holding Isaac for the first time, and I asked God. I said, "Make me stronger than I am," because yeah. I knew, I, I knew I was insufficient. You know, like I, I knew I was insufficient as a as a man to be a good father, as a man to be a good husband, as a man to be a good role model. Even you know, I just really I felt a, I felt an insufficiency in myself, and I remember praying that, and I think he answered my prayer. You know, I think yeah. he, he gave me strong, he gave me strength in times that, and and his wisdom in times that I did not, uh, I was not prepared to, be, to, to when I was unwise. So. Well, you, you've been giving us just, just a whole lot of wisdom uh, today, Rob, and, and we sure are grateful. I, th- I think we're coming up on the end of it here. Uh, I do, I've do. i got one last question that I wanted to pose to you, and, and then I know I want to kind of talk about uh, what you've got going right now as well. Uh, but, you know, you, uh, I guess as as a musician, you, you kind of leave a legacy or leave a little piece of yourself 
in in you know every song that you write you know that there's there's some little part of you or some thought or some understanding or piece of wisdom that you you get to share you know you get to immortalize you share with with the world for forever it's not like that song's ever going to go away do you have some kind of a legacy that you you want to leave to your kids is it maybe is it the music is the legacy in your music or what uh you know i i think i think legacy is probably hard for a person to look at from themselves i think that whatever whatever body of work it is um it, it posthumously is probably the only way that I could, you know, and of course I won't be around to, to see any of that. But I, I will say that the legacy I want to leave my kids, I want to leave them a good name. You know, yeah. I want people to, uh, when they think of me, think, well, you know, that's Robin. I always felt honored around him and I felt, uh, I felt loved and respected around him. And, I, and, um, and these are his kids, and though I've never met them, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt just because of who their who their father was. And uh, I feel like I owe that to my kids to um, to give them a that's that's the bet you know the head start I can give them. I, I'm not a uh, uh, a rich man by any means, you know. I'm, I'm I don't have the legacy of uh, of Walmart per se, you know. <laughs> uh, but I uh, but I try to be kind, and uh, yeah. you know I think kindness. You know, songs come and go, and I do. I, mean, I have written songs for my kids, and I have definitely um, I, I've spoken to them in those songs. You know, I, I, I've 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 been put hidden tracks, like subliminal tracks, underneath those tracks. <laughs> There's a song yeah. called "Lullaby" that I wrote and I released on uh, one of my last albums, Seven, I think. And and "Lullaby" was just a, a story from me telling my daughter how to choose a husband. You know, and and and, and uh, love is patient, love is kind. Uh, it dances in at the strangest times. It grows up from the ground, bursting from a seed. It doesn't know jealousy or greed. You know, I'm just taking like I took you know the First Corinthians and just sort of poetically weaved around that because uh, I don't know. I, I just I, I call that my my insurance song. You know, like because yeah. I, I thought if I die before she knows me, I want her to know yeah. this that I would tell her that. And uh, I wrote a song called Thinking About You for Isaac. I, I walked past his room one time, and I thought he was asleep. And he's like, I love you, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, let's see. You mind if I play you, Ben? No, please. By all means. Let's see. A little bit out of tune. Thinking about you while you're lying in bed. Thinking about the things you think about in your head. Walk past your room, you say, I love you, Dad. I say, I love you, too. And I do. More than you know, I think about you. I forget. Things that you'll be, all the things that you'll do. Right now, you want to be like me. I want to be like you, too. And even though the same blood rushes through, I know you'll do it different. I know you'll do good. I know you make mistakes. You know I make quite a few. You just keep on trying. You know, and this, this kind of like things like that, that little bits, it's like if they're growing up and, and God forbid something happens to me, they'll have my voice telling them it's going to be all right. You know, it's going awesome, to be okay. That's awesome. Well, uh, Rob, <clears throat> take take a minute and, and tell the folks uh, that are listening how uh, how they can get. Uh, I, I know they they've just heard that little snippet and they're they're going to want to hear more. Uh, where where can they access your songs? And and I know you said you uh, uh, you are are currently on Patreon, and that's a way for them to support you. Tell tell the folks how they can they can get access to yeah. to your. I'm I'm so I'm so bad at self promotion. I mean, I'm really like. <laughs> I, I always feel like, hey, everybody, I'm glad you liked what I But uh, I guess uh, the the if you like the music and you like to buy it, it's on iTunes, it's on uh, Amazon and all that. If, uh, if you guys are streamers, then um, you can stream off Spotify or um, the Apple Music and stuff like that. Um, but what actually puts money in my pocket and, and food in my baby's mouth <laughs> is, is stuff like Patreon because Patreon um, – is 
basically like a virtual tip jar. Every time I release a song, say uh, three times a month, if I release a, a new song, then it's like every time I release a song, somebody puts a dollar, a virtual dollar, you know, in, from their bank account into Patreon. And, and then uh, I actually get that dollar. And so far, I, right now, I'm getting about $50 a project. So every time I, every $50 a song. So I've got, uh, some people have, have decided they want to do $10. Some people want to do $5. Some people want $3 and $1. But, um, but that way, it actually, uh, it actually, so they get their music first and they get the music in different formats if they want it Wave or MP3. And, um, and they also get to help me choose which songs are on the album. So it's kind of like a way that, Back in the old days, the patronage of, of, of people who would support these artists, you know, they'd be like, listen, you don't need to work. All you need to do is paint Michelangelo, you know, or, or, or someone in, in that, in that age. And, and the idea behind it is that, so I'm trying to build up my Patreon people and, and, uh, and try to do that. So that, that helps me. And then some guy named Rob, um, is the name I go by, um, and, uh, S G N robb.com is my website and it's got all the all my songs on there it's even got songs that i haven't released yet um but they're there to purchase if you guys are interested and you want to and you can always follow me on facebook and social media usually um i'm either rob mccormick or some guy named rob or sg and rob so yeah, yeah and we'll what <clears throat> we'll link to rob we'll link to your website Great. and to, uh, to all you. of your your social media sites from from the dad hacks uh, facebook page um, and so if you guys, uh, if you guys will skip on over to the dad hacks, Facebook page, uh, we'll, we'll set up some links to where you can get to, uh, get to Rob sites and, and, uh, get, uh, get your hands on some of his good music. Thank you. Um, Rob, man, I, I sure appreciate you taking the time to, to talk to us. Um, I'll tell you what you, you have, you are overflowing with wisdom. Uh, and I'm sure that, uh, that our listeners are going to get, uh, at least a few, uh, golden nuggets out of some of the things that you've uh, you told us about today. Uh, but we, we sure appreciate having you on. Thank you, Dave. I appreciate being and, on Dead Hacks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and uh, who knows, maybe down the road we'll, uh, we'll see if we can't get you back on again for another interview. Well, I'll, I'll uh, try to make it uh, I'll try to make it more interesting. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 that's going to be a real challenge, I'll tell you that much. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure I'm spent. That is all the information I had on that. <laughs> I'm dadding. My, all my, my dadding is out now. You guys know everything I know. <laughs> That's it. That's it, guys. You learned it all. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Rob, we, we sure appreciate you. And uh, and uh, again, go check out uh, sgnrob.com. Uh, some guy named Rob. Um, his his music truly uh, it, it's it, it spans a whole a whole range of styles and genres. It, it'll hit you somewhere, I promise. That's true. Uh, but uh, it's worth it's worth checking out. Yeah, thank you. Um, all right, Rob. Uh, you, uh, you you take it easy. Keep raising those kids and, uh, and keep on a hack. You too. God bless you, Dave. Thanks, man. A great big thanks to Rob McCormick for the wise words and great advice for you uh, struggling dads out there, or maybe you dads who've got it all together, but it's nice to hear somebody else who does too. Uh, and a great big thanks to you guys for joining us on uh, our inaugural episode interview uh, of the Practical Dad series. Uh, we certainly hope you enjoyed it. Just to give a little credit where credit is due, our bumper music on this episode is a song called Ten Little Conversations by none other than some guy named Rob. Um, if uh, by any chance you guys have some feedback, we'd sure love to hear it. Um, you can catch us on Facebook at Dad Hacks Podcast. You can catch us on Twitter at the same handle. Uh, you can email us at dadhackspodcast at gmail.com. Um, or if, if you just have a minute and you want to jump on over to iTunes and uh, rate us at five stars and give us, a, give us a nice little review and some feedback, we'd sure love to hear from you. Um, as always, uh, we, we are grateful to have you as our listenership, and we hope to hack again with you soon. Ladies and gents, until next time. Well, don't call, you say it too much, say you're losing your sleep, but you've been losing your touch. You walk sweet like a bone in a barrel, digging up graves just to see the nice fellow, digging up the history, choking down the past, showing up first just to come in.